Today, we're continuing the series called Finish Strong. We're going to continue with this series for several weeks. It is just deep in my heart. I really desire for you to finish strong in every area of your life. I want to talk to you today about don't quit. Don't quit. How do you not quit when you face trials? When you face tribulation, how do you not quit when you face difficulty and challenges and disappointment? How do you finish strong when you're going through adversity? The Bible has a great deal to say about that. I want us to study three verses of Scripture today. James chapter 1, if you have a Bible with you, if you have a, a smartphone with you with the Bible app, or if you don't, the Scriptures will be on the screen today. James 1. Let's pick up reading at verse 2. James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish at all of our locations. I want us all to say that word, finish. Come on, everybody say, finish. In this, in this series, we're looking at finish strong, and each week we're studying a word, a word finish or finished. We're looking at that, those words throughout the Bible. Last week, Jesus said, it is finished. This week, James says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Notice that Scripture says, whenever, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because we all face trials. We all go through trials. We have big trials and small trials. Trials come in many shapes and in many sizes. And because we all face trials, because all of humanity has something in common, and that is we all face trials, we all have many opportunities to quit. We all have many reasons we can give up and give in and not finish strong. I have my list of reasons on why I shouldn't finish strong. I can tell you that I was abused. I grew up in a broken home. We started a church called People's Church in 2002 with 65 people, and we went backwards the first couple of months in attendance. I, I could tell you that I've been lied on. I've been stabbed in the back. I've had friends walk out on me. I've had challenges in school. I've had health problems. I could give a lot of reasons on why I can't finish strong. If, if I were to ask you to list your trials, you could list many things and give me a long list and tell me why you can't finish strong. We all have reasons on why we should quit, but we, here's what I want us to understand, but we all have the ability to finish strong. No matter where you find yourself in life, you have the ability to finish strong no matter the trials that you have been through, no matter the trials that you are currently in, you're currently going through, you have the ability to finish strong. Finishing strong is not a can-do issue. It's a want-to issue. We quit not because we can't finish strong. We quit because we won't finish strong. It's not a can-do issue, it's a want-to issue. And I want to teach you today from God's Word 
on how to finish strong. Don't quit. Don't quit. Point number one is this. Don't quit having joy. Don't quit having joy. Notice what James says in chapter 1, verse 2. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Don't you wish in life that we got to choose the trials we were going to go through? You know, you're like, I like option A, but I don't want option B. And I don't want that trial. But in life, we don't get to choose our trials. But we always get to choose our response to our trials. James says no matter the trials that we face in life, we need to consider it pure joy. People's church perspective is everything. When we have the wrong perspective, it hinders us from finishing strong. When we have the perspective, when we go through trials and we consider it the end of the world, it hinders us. When, when we consider it that my life just stinks, it hinders us. When we consider it, I'm just poor old me. I just have to have a negative attitude. It hinders us. And many people quit because they choose the wrong perspective. Our choice, our choice when we go through trials will either, either lead us down a road to finishing strong or will lead us down a road towards quitting. Listen, our perspective is everything. And I do want us all to understand that when we go through trials, when we go through tests, it doesn't mean that we won't have times and moments of sorrow. We'll have moments of anger and sadness and moments of grief. Sometimes we deal with emotions of being scared or pain or sometimes it's just we're frustrated or we're going through a trial and we have heartache. And these are natural human emotions we all face when we're going through trials. They're natural. They're human emotions. We all have them. But what James says is this. James says whenever we're going through a trial, yes, we'll face all types of emotions, but our prevailing, our dominant emotion, our dominant attitude should be to consider it pure joy. Choose joy. Consider it pure joy. A loved one dies, James says. Yeah, you have all kinds of emotions, but he says let the dominant, let the prevailing emotion be to consider it pure joy. A child goes astray. Lots of emotions, but James says, listen, 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 the dominant emotion, let it be to consider it pure joy. Someone stabs you in your back. You receive a negative doctor's report. You get let go from your job. Your car breaks down. Your boyfriend breaks up with you. James says, let the dominant prevailing emotion be to consider it pure joy. You may not always feel joy, but James says, choose joy. And when I start feeling sorry for myself, when, when, when Herbert Cooper gets the poor old me's, Oh, look what happened. I can't believe it. Look what I'm going through. Look what they did to me. Look, I just can't believe it. Whenever I start getting the poor old me's and I start feeling like, you know what? I can't choose joy. I can't have joy. Look what's happening in my life. Look at the circumstances. Look at the adversity. Look at what they did. Whenever I start feeling those kinds of emotions, I remember the Apostle Paul who was beaten, shipwrecked, in prison, went without food, but he still chose joy. 
Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, Paul writes as he's chained to a Roman soldier, as he is in jail for doing nothing wrong. He writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Paul says, I choose joy in the midst of my trial. He says, I will say it again, rejoice. People's church, when you face trials, you can either choose to smile or to scream. You can choose to be positive or to be negative. You can choose to speak words of life or words of death. You can either be determined or defeated. You can either be a victim or a victor. The choice is yours. And James says, choose joy. Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. He says, be joyful always. And you read that, you start thinking, Paul, what were you smoking, man? I mean, come on, really? Always? But Paul went through trials. He went through more than most of us will ever go through in a lifetime. And yet he writes, be joyful always. Always, Paul simply is saying, I'm not going to allow my circumstances or people to dictate my joy. I choose joy. I choose to have a perspective of considering it pure joy. You know what some of us do? We surrender our joy to circumstances and people. As your pastor, I've made up in my mind, I'm not going to allow circumstances or people to dictate my joy. I'm not going to allow you to control me like that. I'm not going to allow my circumstances to control me like that. Oh, this may not be good, but I choose the joy. And Paul says, I, I choose joy. I choose joy. I'm not going to allow the circumstances to hold me down. I'm choosing joy. And I know what some of you are thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good positive preaching. Woo-hoo. But you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my difficulties. You don't know what I'm facing. How do I consider it pure joy with what I'm going through? That leads me to point two. Number two is don't quit passing tests. Don't quit passing tests. See what James says in chapter one and verse two and three. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. If you're going to navigate successfully through a trial, you must know a few things. If you're going to come out victorious and finish strong, you have to know some things. He says, consider it pure joy because you know, you know, you know what? He says, you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. When trials come, It's a faith test. It's a test. When we pass the test, Scripture says it produces perseverance. The test builds up our spiritual muscles so that we can finish strong. Come on, everybody say, it's a test. Come on, say it again. It's a test. You ever been watching television and you're enjoying your show and all of a sudden, Abruptly, you're interrupted. And it says on your television screen, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. And you're thinking, would you get the, stop the test? I'm trying to watch my show. <laughs> but it says, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. It's only a test. And then you hear 
This was just a test of the emergency broadcast system. It was only a test. And I'm here to tell somebody what you're going through. Mm -hmm. It's a test. It's only a test. Mm -hmm. When you lose your job, it's a test. When your marriage is going through rock, a rocky season, it's a test. When you get a bad doctor's report, it's a test. When a friend hurts you, it's a test. When your child is giving you fits, it's a test. When you're lied on, cheated on, stabbed in the back, it's a test. When you have to be around people who get on your last nerve, it's a test. Mm -hmm. It's only a test. Are you passing or failing the faith test? It's only a test. You passing or failing? When I was in school, I had to work hard for my grades. I had to study hard. There are some people who are naturally just gifted when it comes to academics and studying and test. I was not one of them. I'm curious by a show of hands, how many of you, when you were in school, it came natural. You didn't have to hardly study. You, you, sometimes you didn't have to pay attention in class. You were going to make good grades and make it a, identify yourself. Would you raise your hand? Identify yourself. Where, where are you? I hate you. I just wanted to feel better now. I don't like you at all. Come on, the person around you, they feel the same way I do. They just won't say it. I got the microphone, so I'm saying it. We don't like you. I mean, then you hate that. You talk to them, you know, after the test, like, man, how long did you stay last night? Oh, 30 minutes. How long did you study? Half the night? Well, 30 minutes? What'd you make? Well, I made a 99. What'd you make? An 82? I mean, you're like, this is not fair. I'm studying my guts out. I was one. I studied for my grades. I remember taking Algebra One, and I, I passed Algebra One, made an A in it. But I studied hard. I remember taking Geometry, and I studied hard, and I made a B in Geometry class. I, I graduated high school with three Bs. I graduated with a 3.9. But I, I'm telling you, I worked hard for that 3.9 GPA. There were other people who made, had 4.0s graduating. They didn't work hard. It was easy. They breezed through, got a 4.0. I worked half the night to get my 3.9. And don't be impressed with my 3.9 GPA because when I went to college, I didn't get a 3. Point nothing. <laughs> ha! Yeah, don't be impressed. Pastor Smart, no. Uh-uh. Went to college and didn't make a three-point anything, and um, there was one class called deductive logic. I was failing the class. I went to Dr. Palmer. You know, at the class, one of those moments you got to throw yourself on the desk and plead for mercy. Oh, Dr. Palmer, I can't fail this class. I can't fail this class. Could you work with me, Dr. Palmer? 
okay, Herbert, I'm going to have you just do some of this, make, go, go redo this right here and redo that. And he let me redo some things. And then, I, and then he was gracious to me, and I'm grateful for that. Then I, I did pass the final exam test, and I passed the class with a D. I'm not bragging that I made a D, but I'm telling you, I earned that D. Come on. I worked for that D. Only D I made in college, but I worked for that bad boy. And you can laugh if you want to, but I graduated college and I got my diploma. I passed the test and I got my degree. I wish every test was Algebra 1, but they weren't all Algebra 1. Come on, sometimes it was geometry or trigonometry, or sometimes it was deductive logic. And I'm telling you what, I took deductive logic, deductive reasoning, and I'm a logical person. If you get to know me, and wasn't nothing logical about that class. I don't know how that class is helping me today in my life, but I passed it. And in life, there are all kinds of tests. Sometimes it's Algebra 1, but sometimes it's geometry. Sometimes it's trigonometry. Sometimes it's deductive logic, and you're going through some stuff. You don't even know why you're going through it. But the question is, are you passing the class? Are you passing the test? You see, here's the interesting thing is many people want God to move them into their next season. They want God to move them into the, the next level that he has for them. But here's how God works. The way you move to the next level, the way you move to the next season is you got to pass the test. It's a sad thing. You know, it's one thing to be seven, eight, nine years old in an elementary school. That's all right. But it's a whole other thing to be 18 years old and still in second grade because you never passed the test. And you keep saying, God bless me, and God promote me, and God use me, and God says, pass the test. Pass the test. Scripture says the testing of your faith produces. Produces. Produces means to accomplish, or it achieves. Don't ever think that trials don't accomplish something in your life. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of God, God wants to accomplish something in and through your life, through the trials that you face. He wants to use them to accomplish something. God wants to use your trial to take you to the next level, to take you to the next season. It's a test. Sometimes it's the new Christian test, and you just give your life to Christ. Some of you did last week. Gave your life to Jesus. Sins forgiven. You felt doodads goosebumps. You felt a weight lifted off your shoulders as you have been forgiven of your sins. And you woke up on Monday and you went to work, you went to school and you thought, it's going to be a great day. I'm a Christian now. And it was the worst day of your life. Like what's happening? It's a test. It's a test. You told some people, I gave my life to Jesus at People's Church. I'm getting baptized in water. What is it? I'm going to go underneath the water and come back up to show that my life is new in Jesus Christ. Huh? Why are you going to do that? That sounds stupid. Just go swimming. I don't know why you would even do that. (laughs) Ridiculed, talked about, laughed at. It's just a test. You're going to follow through. You're going to obey Jesus. You go, it's just a test. So, so sometimes it's a mistake test. And we all make mistakes. And there are times we're going through trials because of our own mistakes. We're suffering consequences because of our own mistakes. But even when we're suffering consequences because of our own mistakes, it's still a test. You got to pass the test. 
Some of you are having a career test. It's a challenging time. You got let go from your job. It's just a test. Some of you are going through a marriage test. You're like, why are we going through all of this? I mean, it seems like we hit a wall. We just can't get along right. It's just, it's just a test. You can pass the test. Some of you are going through a parenting test, and you can't believe what is going wrong. I know I raise these kids better than this. It's, 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 it's just a test. Some of you got a bad doctor's report. Some of you hadn't been to the doctor, but your body's acting funny, acting weird. You're like, what's going on? What's wrong? It's just a test. Some of you, it's a forgiveness test, and you've been hurt. People have done you wrong. They've stabbed you in your back. They walked out on you, and your heart is full of pain and heartache. But I'm telling you right now, it's a test. It's It's a forgiveness test. Are you going to pass the test? Don't quit. Pass the test. Get the degree. It's just a test. It's only a test. Number three is this. How do you finish strong when you're facing trials? Number three, don't quit growing. Don't quit growing. Notice what James goes on to say in chapter 1, verse 4. He says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When we preserve through trials, it matures us. Every test we pass makes us more and more mature, should make us more and more like Jesus Christ. And if we're going to finish strong in every area of our life, we must continue to grow. We must grow. We must keep passing the test. We must mature, mature, mature in our faith. Hebrews talks about maturing in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12 The writer says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature. Notice this, who through training. How do you get mature? Through training. It's, it's just a test. It's a test. Who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong? And when you go through trials and you keep choosing the wrong way, it stunts your growth. It hinders you from maturing and growing. And friends, you have to understand, when you hinder what God wants to do in and through you, it keeps you from maturing and going to the next level. It keeps you from experiencing the next season that God has for your life. Some of you have had a bad attitude since you were seven years old. You're 45 now. You were throwing temper tantrums at seven. And they look a little different, but you're still throwing them. Sucking your thumb. Lip ball. <laughs> At some point, you have to mature. It's a test. Some of you in your marriage relationship, you and your spouse have been arguing about the same stuff for 20 years. Still rolling over at night. You're back this way. You're back that way. Mm. At some point, it's a test. You gotta mature. 
Some of you have the poor old me's since you were 14 years old. Poor old me. I'm the only one got problems. I'm the only one going through this. Poor old me. I can't have joy. Look at what I'm going through. I'm going to let everybody know I'm not. It's not fair. Poor old me. I can't have joy. Look what they did to me. I can't have the right perspective. Look at these trials. And you had to, you've had the poor old me's so long, you don't even know you got the poor old me's. And at some point, you listen, at some point, you want to be able to look back and say, five years ago, when I went through that, I responded wrong. But I went through something very similar today. And I've matured. I don't respond the same way. You would have done that to me 10 years ago. I would have cussed you out. But today I smile. I move on and say I got joy in spite of you acting crazy. At some, time, at some point, you've got to mature. You've got to be able to go through a trial. And come on, every time you go through a trial, you fall apart. <laughs> come on, at some point, you've got to be able to go through a trial. And not shake your faith and make you stop praying and make you stop reading your Bible and make you quit coming to church. At some point, you got to learn to take a licking and keep on ticking. It's maturity. It's maturity. And James says, let perseverance finish its work. Don't quit. I want you to see this slide on the screen. I just want you to stare at it a few minutes. Just, just stare at it. Just stare at it. Just stare at it. I wanted to speak into your heart and your spirit. Don't quit. Come on, let's look at it. Look at it. Don't quit. Do it. Don't quit. Come on, that thing you're ready to quit. Don't quit. Do it. Don't quit. Don't quit. You've come too far to quit. Don't quit. You cannot fail unless you quit. Don't quit. Every difficulty is an opportunity in disguise. Don't quit. Failure doesn't come from falling down. It comes from not getting back up. Don't quit. Don't quit. Never throw in the towel. Some of you have the towel in hand and you're ready to throw it in. And I'm telling you, don't you throw in the towel. Use that towel. Wipe off the sweat. Sweat, sweat. Wipe the tears out your eyes and keep moving forward. Don't quit. The moment you're ready to quit is usually the moment the miracle is getting ready to happen. At your darkest hour is oftentimes the moment God is getting ready to break in. Don't quit. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. I'm not a fairy tale preacher. I'm not telling you if you don't quit, it's going to be easy. It may be hell and high water. It may be going uphill both ways. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. I'm telling you it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Don't quit. Don't quit. Preacher, be specific. Don't quit what? The Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. You know what it is. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't you dare quit. The only difference between those who finish strong and those who don't are not trials. It's simply one did not quit.
quit.